Hey, hey, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Tros Talk. I am joined by my uh, best friend, Mike Van Horn, today. Um, I had to do another intro because every time I seem to be setting up, conversation gets interesting. So I went ahead and recorded um, as we were talking. I will get better at that. Holy shit. You would think I would be set up already by now, right? Anyways, I hope you all enjoy this episode. It's going to be all basketball. That's all it is. Um, And it's going to be a great conversation. We each picked five players for each other. And we also then went over why we think the Golden State Dynasty is overrated. Because he would always say he loved his elbow jumper. And he was like always bigger than any power forward in the post. But he always settled for a 20-foot jumper. Davis is the same way. I think that's an offensive thing too, though. Like Frank Vogel starting with McGee, and then it's like then he gets into this. Like Charles Barkley was saying at halftime, it's like then you get into this offensive mindset where it's like now Davis is playing at the elbow, and like he's not he's not going down to the block because he's so comfortable doing it like that. So he's catching the ball right now at the elbow, and they don't even have a big guy in. It's so annoying. And he just shot a fadeaway, and he airballed it. God, he's fucking. Oh, dude, like this is when like high school coaching, I feel like has to come into play a little bit. It's like, you got to call a timeout and like ream them. But like, dude, this is the playoffs. Like I'm, I get you're the superstar, but like, come the fuck on, bro. You're seven foot and you're taking fadeaways against dudes that are six foot five. Yeah, but PJ Tucker, here's the thing though. PJ Tucker's a low key, he's a low key animal on defense. And I mean, look at what he did against Anthony Davis in game one. They wouldn't it at it. They had twenty four one on one moments, and Anthony Davis had zero points out of it. Yeah, but I that's mean, also like, him taking fadeaways, though. Like he, I, I'm not saying he doesn't take stupid shots. I I do agree that I think he settled, but that because that was my initial point, right? Is he he settles for jumpers? I do I do agree with that. I think he has a harder time. I don't think he's just like a physical person. That's why I think he's a better power forward than center because I just don't think he has, he has that physicality. Like he's not strong. He looks big, but he's not strong. Yeah. Like he's very, remember he was a guard his whole life and he had a massive, I know, but he looks huge. Now. He looks like he's put on so much muscle, but he's just a big guy. Like you, like there's a lot of guys in, um, Oh, he just took another fair. What is, what are you doing, bro? Like he's got like a five foot five guy on him. Like someone's got to like if you're LeBron, like you're like, dude, please come on. Like, <laughs> it's frustrating. Like that's so frustrating to me. Like I I'm I mean this is the thing. I hate the Rockets more than I hate, I've ever hated an NBA team. I Why just do because I can't stand James Harden and I don't like Mike D'Antoni. It's just how it's always gonna be. And wait, you don't like who before? Who'd you say before James Harden? No, I don't like James Harden. I don't like Mike D'Antoni. Oh, that's who it was D'Antoni. That was the other person. Why don't you like D'Antoni? Is it because he he ruined the Lakers? <laughs> I don't like D'Antoni because I think he doesn't. I don't think he knows how to coach. I think he knows how to coach a team that's fit to him. I don't think he knows how to actually adjust, which is what they were talking about before this game. Some guy goes, would you rather have it to be – because D'Antoni said the cool thing about his team is that they know the style they're going to play. They don't adjust because of their small ball. Like, that's what they're doing. And they're not a team that has to think about how they're going to go play. It's just the same style. And the announcer was like, all right, Stan, would you rather have that or would you rather have, like, a team that could, like, do different styles? And Stan's like, in the playoffs, I'd rather have a team that could play in multiple styles. <laughs> it's like, obviously, like, <laughs> what, what, like if, but that's the head coach saying that of the, of the team. And I'm just sitting there going, why does anybody respect this guy as a coach? 
he he's coaches teams that has a superstar point guard style type player like Harden and Nash. When how was he good with the Knicks? He wasn't. Was he good with the Lakers? No. It's like, yeah, like okay. And I could also say any coach could also be good with James Harden wants to just go play and do all this James Harden stuff. That's not really coaching. And at the same time, I think if a coach like a Phil Jackson came in and actually coached a Harden, they would probably be a, a much better team. I could also make that argument. Right. I think, but I, I think D'Antoni's big thing is, which you're starting to see a lot more of, but him and the Rockets organization, they take it to a, a bigger degree because they're very analytic based. Yeah. So the reason they feel like they don't need to adjust and they let their system be their system is because based off of their numbers and the way they play the game is so analytical that they're like, the system will win. Eventually the system wins because that's what the analytics say and that's how they want to play their team. So you don't, you don't adjust your, you don't adjust your, um, your algorithm because it's just, you know, it's pumping out the same numbers. That's what you wanted was the same numbers. Does that make sense? I think I explained that. No, 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 no. It does make sense because that's exactly what they are. That's why they shoot 53s a game because it's the most efficient. It's the more efficient shot and blah, blah, blah. And I got, and that's why like the, in the post up hook shot is like the most inefficient shot in basketball. Like there's all that stuff. And I get that. And it's just like, but I also think that's, that's as an NBA as a whole, because there aren't enough guys, enough skilled big men who could put their back to the basket. That's why like a Joel Embiid when he goes, well, like, it's good that I can stretch the floor and stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're also comparing that to an NBA of non-Joel Joel Embiid's. Like, you are Joel Embiid. You can do it. That is a, a post-up is an efficient basket for Joel Embiid. It's not an efficient basket I, for Javel McGee. agree. A, a thousand. Yeah. I was just going to say, because I'm like, I, I, I hate to say it, but like, if you put somebody like even Zubac, I think Zubac is a totally underrated post player. Well, LeBron I, just blocked the shit out of him. Um, I think he's an underrated post player. I, I think if you put him on the block, him taking a, a post up like hook shot on the block is a rat is a pretty efficient shot for him because he's a big guy. It's a shot. That's what he can do. For James Harden, yeah, it's ridiculous for James Harden or P.J. Tucker on the block to be doing a baby hook because that's not their shot. That's not who they are as players. It's like it, like Shaq was meant to do that. You know what I mean? Like Shaq was incredible around the rim. He, I mean, he shot, what, like 62% because he, that, that was an amazingly efficient shot for him to be six feet from the hoop. He, nobody yeah. could stop it. Yeah, it, it's. I agree the, with your point. Fully. Yeah, a, analytics has has made basketball better and has ruined basketball because yeah. it's never. It, it's it's always taken as a whole. It's like okay, the post the back to the basket post up is the most inefficient shot. It's what D'Antoni said when he was coaching the Lakers, and then he goes, and we've done the most of them. And it's like yes, because you're doing it with the guy who's the best at it though in the time of Dwight Howard. Although Dwight Howard was never a great offensive guy, I'm not even going to start that. But he was the best was, at it yeah. at that time. Like. And when it came to that league, it was him and Andrew Bynum were one and two. If you only factored in their post-ups, I'm sure it would have been a more efficient shot, especially if you factored in Bynum, because Bynum was definitely the best offensive center in the league in that time. But it's just I mean, like you that could part. argue even at that time, too, because Kevin Garnett worked a lot in the post. He was super yeah. efficient in the post. Kevin it's, Garnett, that's where he like he made a living with his back to the basket. He, made, he probably scored 20,000 points off of his back being to the basket. It's an efficient shot for him. You know what I mean? I, I agree that the three point. I, I agree that the three point needs to be um, is a is a facet of the game that should be exploited way more. And like what we're seeing now, where it's almost a running gun with the three. Um, 
And, but I do feel like there's aspects of like a mid range or an aspects of a back to the basket that can still be super efficient. You can't cancel it out just because you feel like a 20 footer mid range isn't as efficient as like a 24 footer three pointer. But I mean, sometimes to some players, four feet makes a fucking difference. Yeah. Like, and not even that it's like, it's like, you know, what would make Steph Curry even better. I'm not saying Steph Curry can't shoot the mid range. Cause let's be real. Like he can probably yeah. shoot anything, but like if he was way better at a shot fake from three and took a 16 footer, cause guys always fly out at him. I mean, I bet he would be an even better basketball player, but analytically it's like, no Steph, don't take that. How could you? And it's like, I don't know. That stuff just bugs me because I, I think, I think basketball could be so much better if we stopped doing it like that. If we stopped always making it about like, oh, analytics say this. It's like, yeah, but like they're special players. And yeah, we have it, to start. Uh, like to, to use your Steph Curry's example, Steph Curry comes off of a screen, right? And he's obviously looking for the three, but it's he's getting run off the three. And he goes, all right, if I take two quick dribbles, I can take an 18 footer. That's still, that's a very efficient shot. It's Steph Curry shooting an 18 footer. You might as well just count it as two points that him running off him coming off of the screen with a guy trailing him is a very efficient shot for Steph Curry. But I mean, an 18 footer relatively wide open and you might as well guarantee two points. Yeah. That's my opinion of it. Like you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to take it. Like, obviously you gotta be able to like, know that there are certain shots that are just efficient like Steph Curry like you said him him in that situation I mean that's just like a that's a great opportunity right there score it yeah it's uh what would you do or would you tell him to make the pass what would you say no I think that's I think that's the overall problem I think like there are guys who understand analytics better like I I mean like I hate doing this but like LeBron, I think he understands that. Like, I think LeBron understands that when he takes his turnaround, it's because he understands the matchup. He's not going in there and shooting 25 mid-range. He's going in there and he learns every matchup. So if you're Joel Embiid and you're playing the Rockets, your ass should be on the block the whole game. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you are not as good of a player as we think you are. And that's just – and people need to stop sugarcoating this stuff. Like, it's – well, it's a very player-driven league now, which is you're starting to see, you're starting to see they're they're getting a lot more and more power, and they kind of just the dic- the league has to be dictated to them. That's what you're seeing. Yeah, and um, it's it drives me nuts. It does, and this Laker team drives me nuts because it's like. I actually really, really have always loved Anthony Davis. I wanted Anthony Davis on the Lakers for the longest time. And obviously, because they have LeBron, it's not my ideal team. But, you know, like, I'm not dumb. Like, I can respect, like, how good LeBron is and everything. It's just more of the person. I just don't like him. And that's just how it's always going to be. But, like, watching him today, it's like, this dude's a master at basketball. Like, he's amazing. And then I watch Anthony Davis, and it's like, when's LeBron going to step in and be like, dude, (laughs) you need to stop. Like, it's just that kind of stuff. It's like, this is a playoff series. It ain't a regular season. It's not like you lose this game. It's whatever. I mean, Davis has never been a part of something like that. I think that's why, as a LeBron, who gets touted as this great leader all the time, that's where you got to step in. And not get mad at him, not yell at him, because that's uncalled for. He's still dominating the game. It needs to be like, hey, man, like, if you can't be more aggressive with those big-ass shoulders you got, like – what do you want? What do you, what do you, you want me just to do everything? Cause I mean, at this point it's like, you're doing 20 foot fadeaways against 
Robert Covington. And I'm sorry, like, I, this is why I don't like Shaq the commentator. He's funny. He's fun to like, watch him, like, kind of go back and forth with Chuck. But he gives – he gave Dwight Howard eight years ago shit for being this weakling in the post. He gives Joel Embiid shit for it. But there's this dude playing a Rockets team that's tallest guy on the court, six foot six. And where we heard about – where's Anthony Davis getting shit? He does not because he still drops 36 points because he shoots mid-range and has a good game. But he could be dropping 45 to 50, probably – on the 80% shooting if he just gets in the post and wants to be a little bit more physical. I think that's a bit absurd, 80%. I think I you're mean, looking at – I mean, I he shot 60% at... right now. He's shooting 60% in the playoffs doing mid-range. <laughs> I mean, he needs to get four or five feet doing hook shots and bit and nice dream shakes and all that stuff. Like, I just don't get that. I Maybe I'm old school and, like, I love old school basketball and I've always loved the center position. Maybe that's just what I crave, but, like – it just bugs me a little bit that this dude is doing fadeaways against Robert Cummington. These are great defenders. PJ Tucker's awesome. He plays big for his size, but I don't care if you play big for your size. You're still your size. There's still six well, inches I mean, of, like Rob, of height you know, but there. I'm, well, here's the thing is, I think that that is a big thing I and mean, a big factor because look at Rodman. Rodman made, made oh, a true. living off of something like that. I'm not saying PJ Tucker is Dennis Rodman, but he, you could say he's a poor man's version of it. Den- P.J. Tucker, especially in today's NBA, it's not like his physicals when Rodman was playing where Rodman could beat the shit out of people and they were because they were going to beat the shit out of him. Like P.J. Tucker, what physicality is today, P.J. Tucker has that in, you know, in spades. And in today's league, how tough he is, it's like – and how strong he is and physical he is, is it goes a lot further than it did in 1996. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and that, that, uh, that physical, like the physicality he has is he's able to manipulate the game a lot more in the post than just, it's just a softer game. So you get what I'm saying, but yeah. Uh, but so are we like, so, but this is my thing. If I'm the Clippers, you know, the whole thing has been like the, the Clippers want to have anybody that can guard because the Clippers don't have a PJ Tucker per se, but like, wouldn't this mean that technically Kawhi could guard Anthony Davis? Oh, I, mean, I, I think hands yeah. down, Kawhi could guard yeah. Anthony Davis. Yeah, that, but I that's absurd. That's absurd, though. Like, Anthony Davis should never let that happen. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the only reason I say Kawhi can get away with it is because Kawhi is – not only does he look strong, but he's stronger than he looks. It, does it does it bug you? Like, it bugs me a little. I know, like, guys, like, kind of coast during the regular season and, like – he obviously does, and, like, he's taken off back-to-backs and everything. But, like, he got second-team all-defense. And I just feel like he automatically should have a spot on the first team every time. Well, I mean, like, I think arguably he's he should be in talks of defensive player of the year every year. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, I get, like, the, that. I get that alone. I get the all-defensive team alone as, like, a season or award and stuff like that. And, like, I don't mind the award going to the person that's playing the 82, like, doing it night and, like, I find it. But the all-defensive team, for me, like, I just want that to be the best defenders in the league on that team. And I'm sorry. Like if we're, if we said we need one guy to play defense on one possession, there's, if you, if you say anything, but Anthony or Kawhi Leonard, you're, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> like, if but you that's the thing is I, I think other than a very dominant center, like a Jokic, somebody who's like just absurdly big, I think Kawhi Leonard can guard literally anybody in the league. I think I'm in any position that. in the league. I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, you know, I love quiet. I mean, know, I hate the Clippers, but he he did he did well against Giannis last year in the playoffs. I mean, him him. I like to do air quotes on guarding him in the NBA now because you and I were talking about this the other day. That nowadays it's it immediately goes. It's like all right, 
you got Kawhi Leonard on Luca, right? Well, Luca's gonna come and call for a screen to get the matchup on Reggie Jackson, the one that exactly. He and so it's hard to be like, oh, you need to be out there guarding him. So like when you see Chauncey Billup and all of them, and like these analysts who are taking this huge, uh, these huge, uh, you know, uh, clickbait thoughts where they're like, uh, you know, uh, he needs to be demanding. Like Giannis needs to be demanding guarding him. It's like it's not like that. You can put Giannis on him, but the moment Giannis is on him. The, like Jimmy Butler's gonna be like, yeah, I don't want you on guarding me. Hey, uh, Tyler, come screen me. I'm now gonna go one on one. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one clutch. of the. I like that it's, matchup better. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it is clickbait. It is just to have those conversations. It is just to have something to talk about on those studio shows because it's stupid. Like right. if I'm quiet and I want to go guard Giannis, yeah, like you can make it happen. And he can go do his best, but like, there's nothing he can do when they're just setting doubles and shit like that to get him off him. Like, exactly. If that's what they want to do, if they now want, if they want him off them, they can get him off him. But exactly. And now let's say, let's say it comes to the point right where it, it has to be an ISO. It's a one-on-one. I think you're absolutely right. If you're throwing it into the post and you have a mat, like, if you're throwing into the post, I don't care who it is. I I want Kawhi Leonard guarding it unless it's like a Jokic maybe a Giannis, but even then I would say he could probably deal with Giannis. Um, he's just strong. Um, yeah. And as strong and as big as Giannis is, he's still a power forward at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, I would say maybe a Jokic. Who else? Maybe Zubac, just because he's 7'2". Seven two, seven two. Um, that's about it, really, I can think of. Oh, for sure. Um, but anybody within that category – I would say within that like Jokic kind of body frame, Kawhi Leonard can't he he can't guard. But outside of that, I'm like I want Kawhi on him. I'm comfortable with it. Um, they were saying in, uh, that his hands are made for somebody who's nine foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's it's just ridiculous. It, 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 um, I, I did you see the meme that the Ringer posted about? Kawhi Leonard's block last night on Jamal Murray. It looked like his, I saw something about like, looked like his finger was just kept growing or something like that. It, yes. Yeah, someone goes, someone tweeted it and they're all Kawhi Leonard's middle finger bench presses 225. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he stuffed, he stuffed Jamal Murray with like his middle finger. That was it. That's and, just funny. Uh, the ringer had tweeted and they're all no, not today. And it was all Kawhi. <laughs> and all you see is a hand. And Jamal Murray's like up there. He's like got his head. You don't even see Kawhi. You just see his hand <laughs> in the picture. Um, okay, so there was something you know you and I had talked about that uh, we were going to come to the table with some players, um, you know, for the other person to talk about, just to kind of give their opinion of um, and you know what they kind of feel like they bring to the table in the NBA strictly basketball. We're not talking like what you think of them outside as a person, if, you know, if you had a bad run in with them as a person, whatever it is, but um, full thoughts on just like what you think of them as a basketball player. Um, you gave me my list. Um, I gave you um, by, Oh, by the way, that was the other thing is we had the other person pick the players for that person. So I picked Mikey's list. Um, I couldn't decide between which one to kick out of his list. So I gave him six. Mikey did give me five. Um, we'll just go like, I guess like one at a time. 
Uh, you go first. Let's put uh, who was the first person on the list that I gave you? That you gave me. I have a Joel Embiid, which I, I mean, ironically, I also gave you Joel. Yeah. So, so I guess we can both talk. But uh, so just my full opinion is I, it's kind of funny because we kind of just uh, talked about him. Just think that. I mean, I sometimes feel like I should be saying that this guy's the best player in basketball. And it's just weird that, like, I don't even feel like he's top five. And, like, you, I think people could make arguments he's not even top ten because he just plays so inconsistent. He looks like he's tired in the third quarter and just doesn't play a game that I think that he should be playing, which is back to the basket, dominating. Sure, he can stretch the floor and everything, but it's really frustrating. And if I was a Sixers fan, it would be so frustrating because – I mean, this dude should be averaging 30-something and 15 a game efficiently and also just being a monster on defense. I just don't know if he doesn't have the motor. I don't know what it is. But for me personally, I just think that the dude should be considered like a top two or three player in the league. And some people should have him at one just because of what he could be able to do. But I guess, you know, it's just not how he wants to play. And maybe the new Sixers coach, whoever that is, will kind of help him with that. Man, I'll be honest. I don't really have much to add because I I think you kind of really hit on everything. Um, I'm I'm curious. I guess my only thoughts on it was kind of add on to what you did say was I'm almost curious with the cardio thing. If it's like laziness or is he like, is, is he trying in the off season? You know what I mean? Like, is he trying to um, condition? Is he doing it or is he do like the Shaq thing? You know how Shaq's whole thing was, you know, my off season training is I let my body go because I need to recoup from the season being so hard. But I mean, it's an 82 game season. Eventually you feel like he would get in shape, but I I feel like he's always got his hands on his knees. Exactly like what you said in the third quarter. Um, All right. So who's your second person I gave you? Second person you gave me is Trey Young, which is actually kind of an exciting one. Okay. Go on. Uh, so Trey's interesting because obviously he's always going to be known as the guy that got traded for Luca. And that's going to suck. And that's going to be a it's going to be a thing that's never going to get it's just never going to go away because Luca's going to be the best player in basketball probably next year or the year after. And I mean, it's it's unfair only also because you have the the Kings who passed on him. And you have the sons who pass on him. So it's like, it kind of sucks that he gets put in that boat, but he's always going to be that. And I don't know what to make of him. It can, he can go get you 30, 35 a game, but I think he may be the worst defensive player I've ever seen in the NBA. And I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's that he just can't do it. I'm just not sure. But I think if you put a really strong defensive team around him and give him some shooters, I think that dude can make magic on the offensive end. So I think he's going to be in, 10 time all-star especially being in the east and i think he's going to be have a great career but i don't know how many wins that's going to add up to but i think he's going to be exciting i that was actually going to be a question i was going to ask you is defensively um you know with him do you think it's just his stature though i mean because what is he he's like exactly six foot right maybe on a good day yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say Steve Nash to compare, but Steve Nash actually was like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, ish. So I yes, think that... Steve Nash was big. Steve Nash just wasn't wicked fast and quick. I'm not sure how tall Trey Young actually is. I could look it up, but I, 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 I thought he was taller. I actually thought he was like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, 
Let me see. I'm going to look them up right now. But, I mean, height alone, yeah, that's always going to be an issue. But I still think that he – I don't think it's just a, it's just a, it's just his body. I think he struggles on the defense end. And I think there's a lot to it. You know, when you're dropping 40 a game, you're hitting 30-foot bombs, and you're getting into that side of the court. I mean, we see it with a bunch of great offensive players. You saw it with Harden for years. And Harden's actually a strong dude. He's a He's got a good body and everything, which he's – He's like 240. Try, he's he's trying – is he really that heavy? Damn. Um, he's trying now, though, and like, can't make fun of him. I mean, he's still no Kawhi Leonard, but you can't make fun of him. And he's trying hard. I'm watching him right now. He's playing. He's locked in. And I think that's that's a really they're hard level to hit. Out of them, though. Yeah, they are. They're down ten now. I think yeah, that's, that's a really that's hard mean. level to to hit into, though. You know, like if you think about the best scorers that were also great at defense. I mean, you really, if you want to start with shooting guards, you have Kobe and Jordan. And it's like, you keep going down that list. There's great scores and everything. And I mean, like Dwayne Wade played really good defense and like was really tried on that end. He was smaller. Cause remember Dwayne Wade's only like six, four for a shooting guard. So I just yeah. think for Trey young, obviously he's a point guard and we got off on Harden, but I think it's, it's an effort thing in learning how to exert all that energy in the offensive end, but still put it in on the defensive end. Yeah. So I looked it up. He's six, one, one eighty. it says, mm-hmm. which is internet, which means he's probably like, six foot 175 <laughs> probably it's actually very true um he's a tiny dude um but I, who knows maybe in five years because think about just how much the game has changed since 2015 compared to now you know what i mean i'm yep. crazy right it, only five years and it feels like it's changed like 10 years worth of basketball uh <laughs> it's the and, warriors evolution i mean that's really what it is yeah. the warriors changed basketball and it's yeah. now every year it got more towards that warrior style of basketball the free flow offense chuck a lot of threes and hope for the best but here's Except- the thing though is the, the the warriors are always like what like fourth in the league in for threes like they don't ever lead the league in threes they're always like just super efficient with their threes well it was always to get i mean this is what I try to tell, I to, I tell people. It's like also with that, yeah, they're not, but it's also because their team was designed to have great passing to get the two best three-point shooters to ever live and to shoot the threes. KD is you don't need to yeah. take you don't need to take forty-five threes because when you have those three shooting threes, you're going to get the amount of threes you're looking for in a smaller amount of shots. Yeah, they're all going to take like seven or eight a game, and they're going to be the three that takes the most of them, but they're going to make forty percent of them. Yeah. And your offense is designed to get them the ball all the time. Do you think Steve Kerr is an overrated coach? 100%. You think he's just more like a Phil Jackson, like a master of a Zen, like kind of keeping the flow of the team together? You you know how I am with Phil. I don't put anybody in the Phil Jackson but conversation. But I'm saying like that, that con- the concept. Um, like, like Phil Jackson, like – I don't know too much about how he was as an actual like in-game coach, but everything that I do know about him has always been that he was just a master at keeping a team together and keeping you as a, like a unit as one in managing a team of like multiple like outrageous personalities, but still keeping it together, allowing you to win and have success. I I don't really know him as much of a coach though. I don't actually think Steve Kerr is good at managing personalities. I think he's a better X's and O's coach than he is at managing personalities. I think that's actually his weakness. It, and I think people would disagree with that, but him and Draymond got into it. How many times was Phil Jackson getting into it with Dennis Rodman on the bench other than maybe over a play? I mean, these two got into actual screaming exchanges multiple times. I mean, if you watch the last dance, Phil Jackson 
lets Rodman go out on a freaking vacation in the middle of the, of the season because he knew, yeah, it's probably not like good for us right now, but this is going to pay off big time later. It's just, I, I think Steve Kerr may unlock Steph Curry and stuff. So I think he's a good coach in that regard, but they also blew the 2016 finals. And I think that's a coaching, like you can't, as a coach, I you can't just that. get a pass just because Draymond's not there. It's like your team won 73 games. And obviously Draymond was a huge part of that, but this Cavs team, I mean, okay. They had the best player on the court in LeBron. I don't want to hear the whole Steph Curry was better than LeBron. until on 16 stuff. I never wanted to hear that. I just don't like LeBron. So I probably was one of those people saying, yeah, I'm cool with that. But he has had his, and even when they lost KD in 17, before they lost Clay, like, was that seven? No, that was last year. Jeez, I'm losing my years, man. Everything's going by so fast. Like, even then, their team was still good enough to win, and they just, like, they couldn't do it. And then they lost Clay. But it's just, like, for me, I don't know. I think he was fortunate in 15 to win. I think, you know, the Cavs did lose Kyrie uh, Irving and Kevin Love. I actually have a whole thing I wanted to talk to you about, about the Warriors. I have a whole theory I want to get into it, but let's finish our thing because I, I, yeah. I actually have a lot to say on this Warriors thing because I actually wrote down in my notes about the Warriors dynasty of wanting to talk about it. And then like, I've just been recently thinking a lot about the whole Warriors dynasty. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so back to the Trey Young thing. I, I agree with what you were saying on Trey Young. Uh, I think he's going to be a great, I think he'll be, a great player, but he'll he'll never. I, I I think he'll be like a Chris Paul. I don't think he'll ever get like past the second round sort of thing. Yeah, that's hard for me because I never. I don't know if that's ever really Chris Paul's fault, but I get what you're saying. But I like, and I could see that maybe like just you know, unless they build that perfect team around him, almost giving him like a like a Steve Nash Suns, where like once Nash got to that Suns team, he obviously makes everybody better because he's amazing. But at the same time, that yeah. team fit him perfectly. And hey, Mike D'Antoni. Um, so you touched on it a bit. Uh, oh wait, my, who, my other player. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to save him actually. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about my next one was Kemba Walker. Um, okay. So for anybody out there, Mikey definitely put this in there. I know why, uh, he, I have a, a special place in my heart for Kemba Walker. Um, I know the truth about him that he'll never be considered. I, I'm not even sure he'll make the hall of fame. I doubt it. I significantly doubt it unless something happened with him in the Celtics and they popped out a couple rings. Uh, he won't be, it. he'll always just be like a great player who played in the NBA. Um, I hope he can win a title with the Celtics, especially in this bubble. They have a pretty good chance um, or at least to make the finals. But my opinion of him one of the best scores, I think he is underrated as far as a player, I think, in his ability to score the basket. He definitely has a defensive weakness because he is actually undersized too. He's like 6'1". Um, but it's not for a lack of effort. He tries. He's – you've never heard anything bad about Kemba Walker ever. Like ever, Everything you hear about him is he's an incredible teammate. He's a great guy, um, super nice, coachable. People love to play with him. Um, and he, God, the, if he probably looks like what you say at Anthony Davis, he probably looks at Anthony Davis and just goes, fuck dude. If I had your body, the way Kemba Walker plays it, he goes, if I had your body, 
I would be able to run this fucking league. Like that Kemba Walker is exactly what you would want in a player. He's Andy's incredibly good, but he just doesn't have like that it factor to be a top five player or one of the most dominant players in the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's the I gave you Kemba because I know you like Kemba, and that's I wanted you to kind of hear your opinion on him, especially after this year, because I am surprised to how good the Celtics are with him. Like I thought they would be good, I, obviously. Not yeah. actually surprised by that. I know you told me. I mean, you were right. I'm compl- I was completely wrong last year. You said you thought he would go to the Celtics and make them a lot better, and I was like, well, they had Kyrie. I don't really know how that's possible, but I think this shows you how crazy the NBA can be about fit and mm-hmm. how he just fits so much better and how people like, you know, obviously we both love to listen to Bill Simmons and it's yeah. like how he was so happy with Kemba. And I'm like, well, dude, like he's not Kyrie, but then it's like, you don't want Kyrie. Like I almost wouldn't even, if I, if like I was starting a team and I could have Kyrie, like, I don't even know if I'd want him after watching how he handled like the Celtics and how good they are now. So yeah. it's just, it's one of those things. No, you were right. Kemba, and he's awesome. And look at, dude, all of his teammates love him. I mean, he's helping. I mean, shit, and man, I they're about he, to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think he came into the Celtics in just a professional way, too, where he came in and he goes, look, essentially he was like this, like kind of came in with the mentality, it's not my team. I'm here to be like a veteran guidance voice. And there was, you could almost see, it was like when he entered the building, the Celtics kind of like, they relaxed their shoulders. They're like, wow. Like Jalen Brown's not playing stressed, look, looking like he's stressed out of his mind anymore. Um, Jason Tatum looks like the player we thought he was going to be. And Kemba Walker's kind of been like, the best way I can describe it is he's almost been like a dad to Jason Tatum where he goes like to his kid, he's like, like teaching him how to ride a bike, right? Like he'd, He's not pushing the pedals for him. He's just got his hand on the seat and he's like, I'm here if you need me. Like I can take, cause he can take over a game Kemba. He can, he's not going to be able to do it for a full season and lean on, like be able to like be the number one guy. But like if Tatum's cold, like he can be that guy and he's a good enough guy to take over a game when he wants to offensively. And, but he recognizes like this is Tatum's team and he's, and he's young. So like Tatum's going to kind of like fall on his sword a couple times just cause like what player comes in in like their third years, you know, really being like that dominant of a player in the NBA you know what I mean? Unless you're like Michael Jordan, but like um, there's a learning curve. And I think Kemba's kind of, it's like perfect. It's like the perfect training wheel, bro. It's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I, no, I agree. And I think the reason his fit was so great too, was I think it did relax a lot of people. I think a lot of people had issues with Kyrie. And I think Kyrie put a lot of stress on them. And as guys that are trying to grow, I think he kind of stunted their growth a little bit. I mean, if you think about the Easter conference finals where they went to seven with LeBron and almost won, I mean, yeah, your team shouldn't regress from that when you're get your supposed best player back. And this dude completely just tanked their team. And I mean, I remember they won game one against the Bucks, and then the next four games, Kyrie just looked like a shell of himself and just looked like he was bringing the whole team down. So I think Kemba was just the perfect fit for them. And I think, honestly, I think we're going to see them in the finals. So it's going to be I pretty do too. exciting. I do too. I think, I think them in the heat is going to be a great series. Uh, the this, the uh, Raptors-Celtics is already a great series, just the two coaches alone. Um, 
I think is going to, this is a great, just a great series. Um, and I think the heat will be a great heat Celtics will be a great series, but I think the Celtics are going to go. They just have too many scoring options offensively. I feel like they're the same teams, except like just one's like the better version of it. And I think that's yeah. the Celtics and it's crazy. And just to kind of conclude this Kemba thing, which is, this is why we're talking about it, it was, I mean, this dude just went from like what being in the playoffs once in eight years and he may be in the NBA finals. Like yeah. can't be happier for that kind of dude. And I just how he brought the young dudes together. So yeah, I yeah, love Kemba. Exactly. Um, and then kind of to, I guess we could roll into the, one of the other players I was telling you about Kyrie Irving, um, we kind of got a taste of it, but give me your full opinion of him. Like just as a player too. Just think he's going to be that guy that could never get out of his own way. I mean, yeah, he has the ring. Yeah. He hit the big shot against the Warriors. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest final shots we're ever going to see. The biggest shot in Cavs history belongs to him and not LeBron, which is always going to be something (laughs) kind of crazy to think about. (laughs) Um, You could argue the block. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just talking from a shot standpoint. I mean, the step back three and over, Reigning two-time MVP, 7-3 win team Warriors. I mean, shit, it's historic. But, you know, you would think a guy after that would grow, right? You would think that this guy's, oh, man, he just hit the biggest shot in a game seven, no fear. Like, this dude's got it. And then you you see that he leaves the Cavs because he was calling it dysfunctional and was tired of beating LeBron's shadow and didn't feel respected. And then you start seeing with the Celtics. And then you start to kind of see him with the, even with the nets already. And you're like, no, nah, dude, like you're the problem. Yeah. And that's kind of sad because the, you should see this guy as one of the best players in the league. The guy, probably one of the best, the best point guard, maybe top two, just being unbelievable. And I think just from a mental standpoint, and it's crazy because not so because I don't really care that much about Kevin Durant, but he's weak mentally. Like, Kevin Durant has his – I mean, he gets all mad at social media all the time, goes at people, can't take criticism. What's going to happen with those two mentally? Like, that's going to be an interesting dynamic, and they're supposedly best friends, so hopefully that works (laughs) out for them. But, yeah, Kyrie, I think he needs to work on the whole maturity game because that dude should be amazing, and a team should not get better when they get a lesser-skilled point guard and the Celtics are better. And that just shows you Kyrie has a lot to work on in the mental game and the maturity game. And here, and here's the thing I'll even say is it, it was almost – I got two comments on him, and then we can go to the next one. But it's weird because he – God, how am I going to say this? He – I respected wanting to get out of LeBron's shadow. I mean, he was told he was going to be the future, and then they obviously, like – they dropped their mouth back for LeBron's dick as soon as they were, uh, as soon as he was like, Hey, I want to come back and made him the focal point again. And I get like, he wanted to come out of the shadow. He just, he did what he sought out to achieve with LeBron. They won a title and he wanted to get out of the shadow and go do his own thing at another franchise. Everybody respected that. But then like how he handled it afterwards was just shitty to me. A good parallel for him is I, I think he and Odell Beckham would be like best friends. They probably are best friends. Yeah, I mean, they like they think just exactly alike, in my opinion. Odell, yeah, and it's like they have this incredible talent, and they know it, and they know everybody knows it, so they almost feel like their work is done. Does that make sense? Like, they're the legend of them does the work for them. They don't really have to be that legend anymore. They like they already have a legend created about them. Yeah, and I mean, Kyrie's always, and I think that's kind of like, that's kind of the shot for 
like like for Kyrie, it's like I hit that shot in game seven. Everybody knows I have huge balls. I'm not scared of big moments. And then it's like, I think, yeah, he's kind of rode that for a long time. And I think more people now are just sick of it. And like, if you're the Nets, obviously, you're not turning away from getting Kyrie, especially when it meant Kevin Durant. Like, you're going to go for it. But I mean, who knows how they're going to feel in it for a year. Maybe KD's never the same because of the Achilles. And then you're dealing with this freaking head case all the time. Yeah. And I, and like you could say that the catch with Odell was the similar thing, right? You got the shot and the catch. Um, after that, after that catch against the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, like the legend of Odell Beckham kind of just took off. Yep. And he was very productive and hasn't been for a while. So we'll have to see with him too. Yeah, no, I picked him for my fantasy. So he better fucking show the fuck up. He's on my team too. So, um, all right. So next player for me, um, ironically, I also gave, let me check my list real quick. I also gave to you was, uh, Luka Doncic. Um, so we can kind of just go back and forth on that. Um, Okay, so I'll say my my reasoning for I, I said this in an earlier episode with my buddy Bowles, who we were we, we talked about this Luca Kings thing um, on an earlier pod, and I think it's unfair to say that the Kings screwed up in um, picking Marvin Bagley just because of who we needed at the team, and it's unfair because we don't know what Marvin Bagley hat or will become yet. He's not played a lot. I I think there's a lot of upside. Um, I don't think it was a bad pick. Also, nobody in the world expected Luca to be what he is today, and at this at this early, because he's he you, you could argue he's an MVP candidate um, in his second year of the league, and um, nobody expected that. And I also don't think that the Kings organization would have groomed him like the Mavs organization. Um, I think the Mavs had been an incredible organization, and he also had the mentorship of Dirk Nowitzki, an all-time Hall of Famer for a season. The Kings just didn't have that. I think that's like a perfect setup for him. Um, and he had no expectations his first year, and almost no expectations this year, really. Um, but I, I, he's an incredible talent, man. He blew anything I thought he would be. I, I, I will admit, I didn't think he would really be that good either. Um, and I certainly didn't think he'd be this good this early, but um, uh, I'll leave it at that because I know you got a lot. I know this is your boy, so but continue. You go on, say your thing about it. For Luca, um, for Luca himself, like I, I mean, think the dude. I think maybe next year we're going to be calling him the best player in basketball. I mean, after what he just did against the Clippers, on a bum ankle, dude has heart. Just everything you want in a basketball player. I don't think it would have mattered what team he went to. I think the biggest pro he had going from when he was a boy playing in a men's league and he won the championship and MVP of that league. He was mature. That's why he looked so good in the playoffs. I don't think that's new to him. I think he's exactly the type of player outside of just skill that the Kings organization needed. They haven't had, I don't even know the last time they would have had somebody like that. And I think that's why it was so shocking that they passed. Sure. Bagley hasn't played a lot, but it does it, Bagley's not – I mean, if Bagley can get this good, then, like, we're going to have two – I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer because this is what this guy's already on the path to be. He's a Hall of Famer. He's unbelievable. But that's kind of where it comes down to. And I think a lot of people thought – I mean, not this good, obviously, this soon. This is crazy how good he is already. But yeah. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be incredibly just a great player, going to be a guy – a big-time guy in the NBA because 
you saw what he did. And I know like it's hard sometimes to judge judge stuff overseas, but he was 18 doing this. Like in he the is second best league in the world. Yeah. And winning championships and the MVP. It's not like he was fitting in. He was dominating it. And so I think that's what it's always going to go down to for me with like teams passing on him. It's like you like Aiton, he's averaging 18 and 12, whatever. You're kind of getting that center. He can kind of stretch the floor a little bit with the shot. He's getting better. Who knows how good he's going to be? Bagley's been hurt. We don't know. But as you just look at it as a whole, like they're not going to touch this guy. And if they do somehow get as good as him, then like the NBA's in good hands, man. But I got a question. I got one question. Okay. Um, about him though, if if he doesn't take like another jump, like say this is just how he plays for the rest of his career. Do you think it would be, I don't want to say failure, but almost somewhat disappointing because he's this good his second year. You know what I mean? So like, what if this is like, this is as good as he's going to get, but he stays at this level for like 11 years. Right. At this, like he's, we both can agree he's playing at an incredible level. Probably could agree that he could have been maybe in the conversation for MVP. Um, but like he doesn't get any better, but he just played like this is as good as he is, but he's going to stay at this fucking level for 11 years. Would do you think it would be a disappointment or do you think it would still be, um, you know, like wow, incredible? I don't think it will be a disappointment strictly because I think they expected him to be this in like four or five years. So the okay. fact that he's already here. Yeah. I mean, you want, if you could grow off this, like as any person in that organization, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, come on, if he gets better than this, that's just crazy. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if there's more because he isn't, I, he, I always what say, else can he add? I mean, I think defense. he's a defense and more efficient and more efficient at, with the three ball. I mean, he looks, he looks like he's a better three point shooter than he actually is. If you look at his stats, I think he shot like 29% or 30% this year. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. No way. Look that. Yeah. Up. No, I'm, you, I'm telling you. Yeah. He shot like 29 or 30% from three yeah. this year. I thought he would, I thought he was like a 34% three point shooter. Yeah. That's what they were trying. That's what they were talking about. Like some people were like, you know, this could be it. And it's like, well, this, this, it is the best player in basketball. It, like he doesn't have to get better. Obviously you hope, but I think his limitations are going to be that like, he's not freakishly athletic. He's athletic in his own right. Like he's like modern Ginobili athletic. He isn't athletic. Like, Look at Paul Pierce. Paul no, Pierce made I know. A living off of being non-athletic. And, yeah. And he's already, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if this is going to rile some people up. Like, I, he's already better than Paul Pierce ever was. So, <laughs> I, so I, I, I mean. Bro, yeah, honestly, efficiency, you're totally right. Like, he, yeah. he didn't shoot terrible. He shot 46%, um, which isn't awful. It's good. But it's just good. It's not, like, great. It's just good. Um, and he thought he shot 30 32% from 30. Okay, 30. I think he could be a 50-40-90 guy. I 100% think he can be 50-40-90. I think he's he's that good and, like, he can hone his skill to be that efficient. Like, I I mean, I honestly think he's going to be the best player of basketball for, like, the next 10 years. I'm, I'm – I mean – I just, I'm just shocked what he did against the Clippers. I mean, the whole season, he was great. I remember when he went uh, back in October, which seems, I mean, obviously we're almost a year ago because the season, the stoppage, but I was up in Chico and I was watching him play against LeBron head to head. And I was like, shit, man, this, like, this guy's the real deal. Like he's yeah. just going at him. And like, you could see like on LeBron, like if there's mad respect there. Cause you have to like this dude's 20 years old and may honestly be going into next season as the best player. I think he's winning MVP next year. Uh, I think that's a, I would put money on that. I think he's going to win MVP. Giannis ain't winning it three in a row. 
I don't know if LeBron's going to play unless enough. Giannis, unless Giannis starts coming out and he's got like a step back three next year, there's no way Giannis is winning. Three in a row only happens is if they win close to 70 and he ups it to like 35 and two more rebounds. Like he would have to do something ridiculous because three in a row gets stale for voters. It's like you have to – and I think if Luka comes out and it's 39-9, and nine, Mavs win like 52, 53 games – I think it's going to be a favorite, just be, especially after the playoffs and now the following. I don't disagree he has. with you. I, I honestly would be interested in seeing what the line is at the start of the year and putting oh. some money on it. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to. I think it's his story is going to be there, and I think just the maps should be pretty good. They should be able to win some games. Yeah, I think maybe his only competition would be if um, his only competition would be if like. Kawhi Leonard, if he play, because it's going to be a shorter season next year, so Kawhi Leonard could, in theory, play more games, um, maybe, or even Durant coming back off his Achilles. That's story, That's story, stories, so, everything. It's um, crap, but it's true. I hate that part, but it's true. The story matters. Anthony Davis could maybe there there could be like a LeBron passing of the torch to Anthony Davis, like Bill Simmons and uh, Ryan Russillo mentioned. They thought could be a thing this year. Yep. I didn't think would be a thing this year. I was like, there's no way LeBron LeBron got his man. Finally, like he's going to, he, he's going to make the most of it. And so I think he's going to try and be like, no, it's still my team. And you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think we were ever going to see a uh, passing the torch this year either strictly just because I think LeBron uh, is still too good. And I think that it was LeBron saying all the right things strictly just like of a welcoming the new guy to it like i don't think he's gonna yeah. go out there and be like this is still my team like it'd be stupid to do and lebron's too calculated to do that so. yeah and on top of that um and on top of that like i think uh like because what you mentioned lebron just being too good um i also think lebron had like he has something to chase right now you know what i mean like he he's kind of got like a He's got a he ha there's almost like he has to win here in LA sort of thing. Yeah, I, I mean I definitely think he does. And I think it's another version of LeBron kind of picking his team, you know, like he came in and you know that the young guys were always on the block. He, it was always about him going to get what he wanted, whether it was Anthony Davis or whoever that was. And I mean, I think that this is a good time. He got a little break during the season. I mean, that's only gonna help him at thirty four years old. 35 I thought so too. I thought so, so too. So, yeah, I but yeah, I mean this was all this is kind of stemming off of Luca, but yeah, I just definitely because of the MVP, but yeah, I definitely think Luca is going to be the guy and I do too. Um okay, so I got one for you to uh James Harden. At least a NBA player of all time, James Harden. Why is that? I hate his style of basketball. I hate that he flops. I hate that he I I hate that he takes advantage of the rules, which I again I'm not. I think it's more the NBA fault though than his. Yeah, but he. he you need he, to put, you, The thing is, you don't do is you don't put blame on the NBA when you should. Like, no, I'm I say big, the rules suck. Just so everybody out there is clear, I'm a very big NBA conspiracy theorist. I think they're in on everything. Um, and second, I, I think you need to be harder on the NBA. You blame you blame the players way more than the NBA. The NBA set, sets these fucking standards. Can't blame James Harden for playing into it. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't like him for how he plays. I don't like his style. I don't like that he flails. I don't like that he, I, that's just, I just don't like that stuff. I don't like the whole, like, 
his the point of his offense is to just draw fouls. Like I'm not saying like when you drive to the basket aggressively and you go and get and once like I got older school like a younger Westbrook who was more efficient at doing that. But like I his thing is like I'm gonna shoot this three strictly because I want three free throws. Like I just don't like him. I don't like watching him. He's not fun for me. I I don't really like his style. It's just it's like and this is coming from a Kobe fan who loved the straight isos and fadeaways and all the crazy stuff he would do that was inefficient type basketball or whatever. Like I, I just I don't like how he plays. I don't like that he always flails. And I you can see it in the playoffs. There's a reason in a game seven and the final in the playoffs he's not shooting well. It's because he's not because that four for fifteen or four for twenty night he has would be a seven for. 14 night because he would have got all those foul calls in the regular season because it doesn't matter but in the playoffs it happens every single year to him it's tightened up he doesn't get those ticky tacky legs stick out or flailing arms three pointers and that's why he shoots like shit and it's like i don't i don't like watching him. i don't but i mean i'm not a lebron fan i'm hoping the lakers beat them in five like i just do not like the rockets i don't like james harden and i love westbrook because i like how he plays i think he's an incredibly inefficient player i think he plays stupid basketball i just like how hard he plays but I harden to me. It's just, I can't, I don't like watching it. It just is what it is. Uh Okay. All right. Um, And then I would say, um, who was the other one that you gave me? I did my thing on Joel Embiid. I gave Uh, you Steph Curry. I know I I'm saving, you know, who for last, I wanted to make sure. Um, I got the other one. All right. So Steph Curry. All right. So here's my take on Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is unfairly berated in the NBA. I think he is, you know, he gets a lot of flack for, they say he, he can't carry a team. Um, when he won it in uh, 2015, uh, you know, it was Iguodala. He, he's not the clutch guy. First of all, he, he's shown up in big games. Yes, I think he's also fall, fallen off in some big games, and he, he hasn't really been there um, in, like, the finals as these big – but he's shown up and he's had big games and big moments. Um, I think he revolutionized the game of basketball. I think you could kind of see that coming from when he was at Davidson. You could kind of see you were like – this kid has potential to do something in the league. Like he's either going to, he's either going to flop or you kind of saw it was like a, you know, go big or go home. In my opinion. Uh, he's also bigger than most people think he is. He's actually like six, three. Um, he, uh, as far as I was going to say about him anyways, is I think he is an incredible player. One of the best players to play in the NBA. Um, I think he gets too much criticism I think you have to be real with them and be real. Like the, I think there's people who get carried away with like how he revolutionized the game and think that he's like, like a Mount Rushmore. I mean, I guess in theory he would be a Mount Rushmore, but my point is like, he's not LeBron. He's not, he's not one of these guys who is, um, you know, the, just one of these all time talents that you're going to see that come along. Uh, but He's an incredible player. I think he's going to be arguably a top, probably say top five point guard of all time. And he'll definitely be a top 30 player of all time as well, in my opinion. And I think he, I think he gets an unfair, I think he gets an unfair slacking from uh, analysts and fans. Yeah. I, I'm not that big Steph Curry guy. Um, 
I think he's a, I think he's a hell of a player. I think he is overrated. Um, but that's just me. I, it's not, and, and I hate when I say overrated, like people think I don't think he's good. I think in the I league, he's that. a top 10 I, player. I get that too. I, I, I just, I want to hold on to that real quick. Is I get that too, because I say that about LeBron and I get so much shit for it. And I'm like, it doesn't mean that I don't think he's one of the better players of all time. I'm just saying, I think people think he's way better than he actually is. I think he has totally, and again, he's made this happen for them too. Like, I think people think when I say this, it's like, oh, he doesn't do it for them too. I think he's completely made it easier on Clay. But I think when you play in that kind of system, which is credit to Steve Kerr, who I also said, I don't think is like a, I think he's a good coach. I mean, I think he's going to, he's a very good coach. I just don't think he's like these all time greats. Like, people are going to put him out there because he won three rings in like four years or whatever it was. Yeah. But, it's it's more of like I think it's a lot easier when your second guy on your team is this is right behind you like it's you and then him as the greatest three point shooters ever. I think it's easier when you have a guy like Draymond who can kind of play all those positions and kind of cover you on defense. Which Steph Curry isn't a horrific defender, but like th- during those really high offensive years, he was lacking there. And I mean, he got totally destroyed by Kyrie Irving in both in both finals. And like even when they beat them with KD, like. That's the thing. And like, I think what's glaring to me, and I think this will always be the case, and the, I think in the second season they won the championship with KD, it, it was less because like the analytics actually favored Steph Curry. But I think when a guy comes to your team and he completely is just outshines you, I think that says something. And I just think that like we got on the Steph Curry train because that 2016 season is probably a legendary top five season ever. And it was absolutely legendary he was phenomenal the crazy shot against okc from like 35 40 feet out to win it like he had all those memories but i just think that a lot of people get caught up on that stuff and i don't th- i mean i don't think that guy on a good team as the best players winning a championship ever i think you would put him in the trey young cat like a better trey young category with that like i i don't i think he needs like i i think you could put LeBron with like with a half decent team, that dude could he can wield them somehow. And I know like LeBron's considered a top three player ever, so it's maybe not fair to compare. But like I think you do with a lot of guys in the NBA today. I think you could have done that with KD. I think I think as much as I love Westbrook, he held them back because he wanted to be the guy. And I think there could have been a better fit there. I just think there's guys that could do that. And I don't think I don't see Steph Curry as that. He's gonna go down as a top twenty player ever, and I think he's gonna be one of the few in that list that couldn't actually with a half decent team carry a team like we just saw lebron do it two years two years ago with the Cavs. one of the best playoff runs like we're talking one of the best i've seen i th- i thought the 0506 lakers with kobe kind of willing that team through the season like I, I i don't think you could put very many players on those type of teams and they're going to get those outcomes and i just don't think that's steph curry i think you put him well, with other good had, players we had, we had that discussion about playoff runs yeah already. Um, I said that there was probably three playoff runs I would put ahead of his. Um, that was Kawhi Leonard's, Dirk Nowitzki's, and then I would say Shaq's in 2001. Yep, I agree. Um, I, but I would agree that I think his run – But here, and here's my big thing that I want to put this out there to everybody. And I think what LeBron did – and I, this is where it bugs me is I think people get caught up in the he's way better than he actually is. While his run was great – you have to really look at like one, he was in the East and two, look at who he was going up against where, and when I say that as he was in the Eastern conference finals and he went to seven games where the other team's best player was a rookie who was averaging 18 points a game. 
I get in the playoffs, he boosted up to like 21, 22, whatever. But like, it was a rookie and he went to seven games with that. And he had been, this is a guy who'd been in the playoffs and gone to the finals, like I think seven times at that point, he was about to go eight. And I just think that it's, it's still an incredible run, which is why I still rank it in the top five. And I, I don't want to take it in, but like take it with a fucking grain of salt, in my opinion. Like he went to seven with the Cavi, with the Pacers, who their best player was Oladipo, while well-coached team and a good team, seven games where their best player was Oladipo, who was like a one-time all-star. He should have yeah. fucking done like, and he didn't have like a tear, like he didn't have like the worst fucking team player. Like these guys are NBA fucking basketball players. You know what I mean? Like they're not like, you're, these aren't like, uh, it's not a team full of Brian Scalabrini's and then you got LeBron on there. Yeah, that's fair. And that's why, but just kind of taking tailoring that back to Curry, I just think it's the same thing. I think the dude, that's fair. I, I think he boosts good players to make them like great players. I think he has that ability, but I think that he still needs those guys that can take, like take the load off. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this game is fair, but like the game six, Clay in game six against the Thunder, Steph. I mean, that was all Clay, and like, I don't have a memory of the Steph Curry game in a big game in the playoffs. I know he always usually plays pretty consistent, but I don't have the Steph. I have two Clay memories. I've twice Clay's done that. Uh, I don't game have that last year against um, the Rockets in game six when KD and uh, KD and Clay were hurt and he took over and he had like I think he had like 38. I thought Clay played in that game. Maybe he did. But I thought I, that I thought him and Clay were both phenomenal in that closeout game against the Rockets. But I know Steph was very good in that game. You're you're right. He was very good in that I game. I thought he had a really good fourth quarter. I thought he like took over yeah. in the fourth and he kinda like Yeah, oh, what a surprise. Another hardened choke fest. But yeah. Steph um great. okay, so I'm gonna go with my last guy, and then you get to go again. My the last guy I have on my list is um, Ben Simmons. Um, Mikey, I know again did this because he knows my feelings on Ben Simmons. I think it's hard, and it's hard because the Sixers I think should get rid of Ben Simmons, but it's hard to argue in today's NBA that you would get rid of him and um, not Embiid because if Embiid was playing to his potential, I would. You'd be like, you'd be crazy to get rid of him because if he was playing like how you and I were saying earlier how he should be playing, you, you wouldn't even think about it. Ben Simmons would be gone. He and Ben Simmons don't work together. Ben Simmons is the most overrated player in the NBA. He's been in the league now four years. He shows no sign of even thinking about like taking a shot from three pointer in a game in an NBA live game. Like he doesn't even. It's like when he gets onto the court, he's like ping. I'm going to do everything in my power to not even get close to the three-point line and close to shooting a three-pointer. And I think it's incredibly frustrating when you have players like that who your whole sole job is you're somebody with an incredible talent is perfect this game, and he's sitting there with an inability to even what looks like try to get better at that. And it's frustrating. It's kind of like your frustration with Anthony Davis and his size and how he should just be on the block is he, he he's already – incredible in every aspect of his game but his game in those aspects that he's already incredible in would open up even more because if he develops a three-point shot the defenses then have to adjust to that and now they have to shut down like another avenue that in his game and it would open up his other great talents even more because now they're not going to be pinched down in the lane for him so now he's going to be able to drive even more too you you could even argue so I, I think he's overrated. I I loathe him, and I think he needs to come out with, like, 
some actual effort. And I, I, you know, he's hurt this year, so I don't even think next year he'll be even that good. Um, and I, I'm kind of disgusted with him, to be honest. He's interesting because the whole thing about him was he didn't have a motor at LSU, but then, you know, he's a great defender. He was, uh, I think he was first or second team this year. And yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you you have that, but I mean, the whole shooting thing is just—it's weird. It's it doesn't even make sense. It's like, do you not care? Is it really just that big of a struggle? Like I don't know. Like they, it, you would think when a guy can still have his hand all over a game like that and not be able to shoot the ball, you would think that he would want to develop that shot so he could just dominate in a different way. Yeah. And it's interesting that he's failed to do that it's weird to me that he's failed to do that i really don't get it i want to see it because i'm saying that then basically given that the Joel Embiid right now i'm saying like hey he's not posting up but they're never going to be able to mesh together if he can't develop a shot they're done they have no chance so it's like Ben Simmons is frustrating because, I mean, I said, I've always said it because, you know, my favorite player in the league is Brandon Ingram. And I said he was going to be the better player from the draft. And that's starting to come true. And I think as long as he keeps improving, that's going to stay true. And I think if Simmons Simmons never gets a shot, he has no chance. Dude can't, I mean, you can't, you just can't not shoot the ball. Like, it's not even that he's just like as bad. He just doesn't even do it. (laughs) Yeah. Like he doesn't even try. He doesn't even attempt it. And it, it is frustrating. And I, I'm curious if I'm curious if it's a mental thing with them too, where he, he just he just doesn't have like that ability to like try it. And even though he's probably practicing it, he just doesn't have the ability to try it. But um, you know, to be honest, I just he he's just, he has the ability. And the other thing too is that this was to say actually. Sorry, it was um, with um, his scoring. It's like you can tell that how much he needs the three pointer because of how inconsistent his scoring is going to be like one game. He's got 29 points, 15 assists and like 12 rebounds. And you're like, this guy's incredible. And then it's like, you know, the next game, the defense is adjust and he's got like six points. How the fuck are you supposed to be one of the great, like one of these ultra talents coming in the league and you're going into a, and you get a six point game. It's, like, it's going to make that team very hard to – like, it's going to make it really hard for them to be successful if he can't yeah. change that. It's just – and you, there's already talk about splitting them up. Supposedly, like I was on one of Bill's podcasts. I heard that they're going to give it another year. And I think that's a mistake because I think Embiid's value is going to keep going down if he's going to keep being this guy. So, I think yeah. I would trade him now. But, you know – Unless, unless the, like you said, the new coach comes in and he goes, hey, uh, yeah – Next time when we play the Celtics and they put Jalen Brown on you, get in the fucking block and go take a fucking baby hook. Right. <laughs> Unless exactly. you do that. And then it's like, hey, then when they bring on, you know, uh, who's their big Theus and it's a little harder, then bring Theus out. Then you can open – then open up your jumper. Like, it's a mental thing too. Is he, and my theory is like if he gets a couple of those with his back to the basket, he finds a rhythm with the basket. Yeah, there are six foot shots, eight foot shots, nine foot shots, and now you're telling him to back out when he has a bigger player on him. Embiid could be fast enough to go by Theus, so he you'd want him to pull him out anyways. And two, like he can shoot the jumper, so you know 
then in that point, you're in a rhythm at least at that point. Like you've shot a couple near the hoop and now you can go out. You're in a rhythm, you're with the basket. That's my theory at least. Like, It's why they can't mesh. It's why right now they can't mesh and why two of the more gifted players in the league can't go win a ring. And it's because of they can't get out of their own way. Well, and I don't I, know well, if literally though too, because I think you put him B on that block and Simmons is like, I don't know what to do. Right. And you would think if Simmons could develop a shot with his also like his inside game as well, like once Embiid goes out, you would think that he can kind of like play that inside outside game if he can learn how to shoot. And then when Simmons is out and you have Embiid, like you could slow the game down even like Ben Simmons runs that fast pace. You could have so many different styles. And I feel like they just can't take advantage of that strictly because again, they can't, he can't shoot. I agree. Um, all right. So last person we want to talk about, and I really wanted to save this, um, uh, so this is also for a buddy of mine because he'll actually agree with all of your Steph Curry shit, but I know he'll disagree with this. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I want your full thoughts on him. Go. Best player in the league today. Uh, Going to win his MV- another MVP probably, what, tomorrow? Uh, maybe the next day. Uh, sucks they got eliminated. He, uh, I wouldn't say that's all his fault. I don't. I think that team – that team is not as good as people think it is. And, you know, people hate that because I think that's the LeBron excuse that always kind of went out. They get eliminated and it's like, well, his team's not very good. And then I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of doing that. And, but his team, I just, it's because you've heard how good the team is forever. And they're the best defensive team. And even without him on the court, they're still plus eight or whatever the hell it is. And it's like, yeah, like they have good pieces, but like he doesn't have a true number two. Chris Middleton's probably more of a three. Um, and I mean, Eric Blotzer just gave seventy million dollars too. He's not very good. He's just not very good. I mean, I don't. I mean, argue me that he's good. The dude's been non-existent in the playoffs the last two years. It's not good. It's not a good player. So it's yeah. like, and I. But with Giannis, you just he is what it is. He's the best player in the league. He can go get you thirty-three and sixteen. He has a spotty jumper. It's not bad. It's not good. If he if he figures out to have a consistent, good-looking jumper, he's going to be the best player to ever play basketball, probably. Um, I, that I agree. I mean, you just, I mean, the dude's going to average 33 and 16 the next seven years. And if he learns to have a jumper, who knows if that comes. That's going to be hardened points per game at an efficient clip we've never seen before. So it's going to be interesting. I think he can do it because he is a motor. He works his ass off, and he's a good dude. And I'm, I just – I mean, look, like the only person standing in the way of Luka being the face of the league is Giannis. And it's crazy to think two non-Americans are going to probably be the face of basketball, but it's going to be the case. And literally Giannis is the only thing standing in his way. And so I think if he develops a jumper, it's going to be scary because he works at it and you can see it's gotten better every single year. It has. And that's what you can only hope for. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun when he's in a Laker uniform and LeBron's not. And uh, yeah. All right. I hope he doesn't go to LA, but here's the thing I will say. Um, about the jumper thing too is and i do love is even the games that you see he goes oh for seven in threes i like that he doesn't just get discouraged from shooting it and he still shoots it i i to me that's because and everyone's like well why he's, he's been over five like why would he shoot the last two it's like because it's a mental thing yeah you still you're still attacking it as if like you're you're a 40 percent three-point shooter to me that's what that's what i see is i go yeah, he went 0 for 7, but I also saw a guy who every time he shot it, he was thinking he was going to fucking make it. He just happened to go 0 for 7. To me, that's like, all right, yeah, he's going to get in the – and especially Giannis, like you mentioned, you know he's going to go in the gym and fucking work on it. Like, he just has that motor, which is ridiculous. But um, – so what we were talking about earlier was the uh, 
was the Golden State Warriors. And I know, I know you were, they kind of frustrate you, the Warriors. Do you think that their dynasty was overrated? Or do you think that they were really the, this incredible team and like, you know, no matter what in 2017, I don't know when 2016 was just like kind of, I don't know, the perfect season or something. So they went to five straight finals. First team to do that. I think, I don't even know if any of the, in well, the Celtics, but I don't know if. Oh, the modern era. You mean. Yeah. I don't know when that's been done. I don't know if any of the teams, cause I know, I don't think the Lakers went the five straight. No, they, I, went, they went four and five. So you wish it's funny cause I should know that. And that's just, I'm blanking on like a year, but yeah, I don't think they did. So I think that is going to stand somewhere. Yes. Because of a cap, basically because of a weird situation that happened with the salary cap due to the players not wanting to smooth it over and wanted the whole increase to happen at once. The Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant due to Kevin Durant being a puss and going there. You can include to this dynasty and you can call it that. The thing is they won three rings out of the five should have won four probably should have still have won the fifth one going clay finally going down with the torn ACL. I can forgive. Cause like now you've lost KD and clay and that's fair enough for me to be like, okay, I get it. Um, so I guess, you know, as you look at it, they won three and five, they blew a three, one lead. They went, they still were great. I just don't know. Cause it's two different teams. And like, I know with dynasties, like you add players, but usually with dynasties, it's like the, I, at least role players that you're, you're yeah. That are interchangeable, not adding, arguably the second best player in basketball to your 73 win team. So I don't know if you can really call it a warrior dynasty. I feel like it's like, it's two different teams. Like that's not a team with Kevin Durant on your team is not the same. It doesn't continue the dynasty. I don't know if that can be because there's the Kobe Shaq dynasty. Then they, and they didn't win and they lost total four and they could have had the four and five years thing. They Carl Malone and Gary Painter role players. Like they didn't add Tim Duncan like they're like that's I'm that's right that's what it would have been like it would have been like adding Tim Duncan to their team and would we have called that a Laker dynasty like I I don't like that idea I don't like the idea of that well I say that the 2017 Warriors are one of the best teams ever I would say they're in the top three of best team ever I think the 01 Lakers and the 96 Bulls then the, then it's the 17 Warriors and I'd probably say the 86 or 87 Celtics dude I'm struggling with my years but that's where I would put that and I just that's just how I feel about that. And that's because I, as a team, I don't know how they're going to rank as a dynasty because of adding Kevin Durant, but as a team, that 17 Warriors team, when Kevin Durant wasn't trying to play ISO ball, like he was the year, the fall, the two years following, and he was just fitting in and they were gelling. Holy shit. That was one of the best basketball teams I've ever seen. It was just great basketball. I remember why I watched them quite a bit because I did DraftKings and I was just always amazed how, all of them could still get their shots and still be scoring as much as they were. And it didn't look like, like it was being forced. It was crazy. Great stuff, honestly. And yeah, so as a dynasty, I don't know how to rank that, but as a team, that 2017 is 17 teams that is the third best team I've ever seen. Okay. I think you may have swayed my, my, my decision on them. Um, and maybe I'm just really just a big, a big hater on them. And that's probably what, probably what it is. Um, I just, I don't know. I was never like, I was never convinced that they were just like this, 
phenomenal team because I mean, if you really look at the the first part of the dynasty, their third best player was Harrison Barnes, who outside the Warriors has been non-existent, and he was their reliant. Like they needed when they, you know, if they needed that third score, he was it, and he just he didn't do it in the in that series. They, they were fortunate, in my opinion, they were fortunate <clears throat> um, that Draymond Green was playing so well in those playoffs in 2016 because if it wasn't for them, I don't even think they're in a position for that. And arguably I know they got pushed pretty hard um, in the, uh, by the, I think it was by the Rockets that year too. Oh, the the second, the second KD year. Yeah. No, 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 that was, that was the KD year. Yeah. Where they were down three one. Right. Yeah. No, they were uh, three one to the thunder in 2000. Yeah. Like they were down three, one to KD. Yes, and in then OKC not, in 2016. Then, um, so I mean, like, that's where I was like, and I thought KD and or I thought OKC uh, matched up well with them just because it was that memorable Curry three. But that game was just so close, and I'm like, and the Thunder every every game seemed to like be kind of figuring them out. It was like the game was getting closer and closer and closer, and then like they met in the final in the Western Conference Finals. I thought KD and Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook should have won that obviously but like that's what i'm saying is like i just don't know that they were that i it was almost like a well-oiled machine that happened to be turning at the right time and they had a couple things fall in place like draymond that year turned it up a whole other notch than he did in 2015 and i'm i mean kind of helped save them i mean uh and gave him a 3-1 lead in my opinion and so i mean i don't know i just wasn't sold on it i agree when they got kd the team was just it took a pressure off of uh, Steph, and I think Clay actually went kind of like totally under the radar for two years on how good he was. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's always going to fly under the radar. But what's interesting is, I mean, I think Draymond was always – I think Draymond was probably – there. I think going into the 15-year, like I think that was Kerr's first year, I think it was expected that Harrison Barn would be that third play, best player, but I think it kind of went – it was pretty obvious that Draymond was their third best guy for a while. Now, if you needed like a third guy to get like your scoring, then yeah, that That's would probably been here. About. Yeah. But it's interesting because I always think about which you can't ever say the wrong move is signing Durant for their team, but cause he did leave and it did kind of put a hole and then obviously Clay's hurt and they kind of had this throwaway year and now they have the second pick in the draft. But I wonder what happens if they use all that money because of the new cap. And if they signed like a bunch of really good players, to fill out that team and they're like a legit eight deep with guys in their 20s they still have Steph Klain and Draymond like I wonder what that team looks like because obviously you're never gonna I mean stupid they won two rings they probably would have won three if they don't they would have won three if they don't have injuries they would have beat the Raptors if Durant and Clay are both fully healthy which Clay only missed literally the end of game six but I think if Durant's fully Durant I don't know I don't know how the Raptors beat that team because I don't know how any team beats that team in this current NBA but Regardless, well, they I didn't. Think, I think the Raptors were a well-coached team. Oh, yeah. um, they also were like – they were also – at. this is why I think the Raptors still win. They're on the third year of that. There was so much turmoil, particularly between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Um, and I'm not saying with confidence that they would have won. Um, I think – I'm not saying like, oh, they for sure, that's it, you know, locked it up. But I think they – still would have won because I think Kawhi Leonard at the end of the day and has just kind of always had Kevin Durant's number. And I think that's, then it comes down to the point where now you're relying on either Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, which 
the Raptors were good enough to be able to have a game plan, I feel like, to slow down Clay Thompson. And now you're relying in especially Steph Curry and Fred Van Fleet, who are great defenders um, at the point guard position, trouble Steph Curry. And I, I still think that I, I, I'm confident that they would have won, j- particularly just because it's the end of the, di- the, the dynasty. And that's always like when they get caught. It's always like at the end, they then they lose somebody, Fair. right? It's, it could happen. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I know Kevin Durant, well, I think he played one game, right? Game one. No, he played the game he tore his Achilles, which I believe was game four. And he tore, he had like a good first quarter, I believe. And then he went in at the start of the second, I think is where he tore it. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, the Warriors are interesting. It's going to be one of those things where you don't really know. I mean, they get Durant and they're amazing. And they won. They did what they were supposed to do when, when they got him. And they won two. The third, you'll never can, – you can, anybody can argue it. Would they have won if they didn't get hurt? Who knows? But they almost lost here before to the Rockets. So, it's the NBA. Crazy things happen. I don't think anybody that's, thought it was going to be a Celtics team. Is they, almost did, they almost lost that. That's why I'm saying is like I'm not convinced that they were – because here's the thing is their big hole when you get three players that are that good and that much money on your team, like you're not deep. I mean, you're not deep. Like they were playing, they were playing like six guys at one point. You know, KD I mean? was hurting them though. KD was playing outside of what they were doing the year before. The reason they were so hard to beat the year before was because everybody was bought in. He started doing his mid-range ISO crap. He was totally being a different version of himself than he was the pre- previous year. You can watch In it. his second year. Yeah, he he was the year they were struggling with the Rockets and it went seven, you know, Chris Paul got hurt. So maybe the Rockets win, who knows? He was not playing the same version. Like that 17 team, the very first year altogether where he just went there and he was fitting in was completely better than the next year. And nothing changed. And that was kind of like where he was, that was like the rumors of him. Like he was trying to make it his team and not Steph. Yeah. 100%. He's, he's mentally weak like that, where he probably thought he needed to. And you know, Steph, Steph's like the one thing about Steph is I could say he's a little overrated. Steph is willing to be okay with it being Katie's team or whatever. But I think that what, what Bill Simmons always talked about was after that first finals MVP, Katie's thinking like, okay, they're going to think this is my team. But when it came to the fans and it kind of came to just the outlook of the team, everybody knew it was Steph's team. Cause yeah. it's, it's, and, I, and that Steph bothered is, him. He's the, he was the draft kid there. It was like, yeah. And he's the beloved guy. He's every yeah. kid's favorite. And the thing is, Steph doesn't care. And Steph's strong. And the one thing I'm going to say about Steph Curry is he's 100% comfortable in his own skin. Dude does not care. Like, he is 100% comfortable, knows who he is. He doesn't care if it's his team or KD's team. He's going to go ball, and he's good. And that's the problem with KD. KD, same with Westbrook. You know, it's, it's those things. It has yeah, to be yeah, mine. in Westbrook's head way too easily. Yeah, and you get in KD's head. That's why – it's it's so easy to get Katie said, which is why he started to play a different style of basketball. That's why Kate, him and Draymond started getting into it. They weren't just getting into it because Draymond's fiery. It's probably because it gets kind of annoying when Katie's going ISO 15 footers and when they could be shooting threes and having open looks from three with the three and best three point shooters in the and league. And you and the whole media knows that he's there kind of just like vying it like ending out his quick stint contract to get a couple rings. And you, you know, he's not staying yeah. there for the rest of his career. You know, he's there for like a quick pick stop. Yep. I'll agree. Yeah. Um, well, Hey man, I know you, you, you kind of have a hard cutoff here. So I know there was a lot we didn't get to, but to be honest, 
Um, yeah, you know, we were going to talk some, uh, some deeper conversations and then also do salary cap, but I guess we'll just have to pick it up at another time. Um, and, uh, we'll have to get another, another, uh, another session on the books though. Um, I think it's going to sound great. Um, definitely think that audio was coming in pretty good too. So other than that, um, you know, I just, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, I was pretty excited about this and it's always great when I have somebody come on, who's like excited to be on the show. So, um, brings a different energy to the show. So thanks again for kind of, uh, you know, um, taking some time out of your day to help me out with and boost my show. I appreciate that. And, um, I look forward to hopefully recording with you soon. When do you think you're going to be free? I would say that we, if you really want to do something on the salary cap, we're probably going to want to get to that in like three weeks because we're going to get more information on that. And with the weird timing of free agency and how the cap is going to be really, it's going to be weird because they have to do the projection. And remember current salaries and max salaries are a percentage of the cap. So those contract monies are going to go down as far as I know, because I was just reading about it before I got on with you and it's, and that's how it says and it goes every year is an increase. You get a raise, but it's a percentage of the cap. So I don't know how that's going to work with current salaries. And then obviously it's going to affect like an Anthony Davis. Like a he, cap, do you mean a cap as in the cap in the whole NBA? Cause there's a cap for the whole NBA too. Yeah. The it? cap for, well, the, the cap is based off. So the money is split 50, 50 between the owners and the players. Right. So the cap, so let, let's just use an easy number, hundred million. So there's 30 teams, hundred million, 3 billion would say that would be the half of the pie. And that goes to the players. So each team has to spend their cap. That's kind of how that works. So when uh, just to make kind of simple. So with that, because the revenue obviously this year is going to be abysmal, like they're going to lose a lot of money and that's going to carry over. They have to do projections for the cap. And so because that's going to, the cap is going to go down. Contracts are going to be hurt. Contracts are going to hurt. That's why my buddy were talking about how we like when they were boycotting, it was stupid because we're like, they're definitely going to play because they have like a two, they've, they're getting paid 2.2 billion every year by ABC, just ABC alone to get certain playoff games. And I'm like, they're, if they didn't, if they refuse to play that and ended the season, I'm like, their money is going to be almost completely shot next year. Right. Cause the, how the money was spent on T, I don't know how they're doing the TV deals, doing the, how the TV money is going to work because obviously there's a lot of games missed, but obviously every series that goes deeper is more money and it's more games made up. And because I'm pretty sure like four years ago in the playoffs, so I don't even know if it was that long ago, they lost money in the playoffs compared compared to the year before because so many series were shorter. So as an NBA exec, you probably want series to go longer, more money. So I don't know how they're going to do that, but there's also conspiracy. no ticket conspiracy, but no ticket money member, no fans. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Going to be like, a, and what makes it interesting. That they're putting, they're putting ads on the floor though. So they're getting some money there. <laughs> And then, and then Anthony Davis, you know, like for instance, Max free agent, is he going to sign a one and one so he can come back to free agency and hope that the cap goes up. So his starting salary is higher. So well, then, then you got to say, then he's definitely staying with the Lakers because um, he wants that max payout. Cause there's a lot we got, we got to get into it. We're going to have to have the whole yeah. episode on it. Let's do it. What, are you thinking free in a couple of weeks? Do you want to wait for until sure. it's over? Yeah, let's. Um, so I, I mean, we could. I mean, during the finals, we could talk a little bit about the finals, and then do salary cap would probably be a really good because that's it's going to come quick and it's going to be inter- it's going to be really interesting. And then the pre, and it's interesting because draft picks are super valuable right now because next year's the double draft. So there's another thing. So, wow, 
It's going to be really interesting this year in free agency and trading and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be really interesting for the 2020. Why are they draft. doing a double draft? The 2021 is called the, I think, I, I don't know if it's actually called it. They I did the draft for this year. It's the Bill Simmons. Well, the 20, this is the 2020 draft that's coming up that the Timberwolves have the first pick in the 2021 draft is the double draft. And because it's called the double draft, which I think maybe Bill Simmons coined. I don't know. It's just because high school players can enter the draft. So you're going to get the best seniors and then the best one and done players in the same draft. Uh, mm, so uh, it's the double draft. So technically if you're the eighth pick in the draft, you may be getting a guy that could be going top three, top four the, the, the following uh, year. Yeah. So you could be getting yeah. him now. So it's going to be interesting to see if they take high school guys first, because I think Amani Bates is going to be in that and, we have a buddy that's really high on him. I think he's going to be a senior. I, maybe he's going to be a junior. I'm not sure. But there's going to be guys coming out that have to also – these top freshmen, are they better than these one-and-done college players? And who's going to go first? combines would be pretty sick. Like those, those oh. basketball invites, you know, where the teams – those would be pretty sick, those workouts. Yep, um, it's going to be interesting, man. So lots to talk about for this because obviously signing guys now and we trading also have picks. Other talks. We have other talks too because um, as most people know you and i were big we're big uh tv movie buffs as well yeah so we'll get a whole, we got to get a whole couple of shows in here soon um you and i can we'll, we'll shoot out some dates i know i'm pretty busy for the next couple of weeks but uh, i'd love to be able to shoot out some dates here in the next couple of months see if we can get uh next couple of weeks see if we can get another show up sounds good to me man all right hey man always a pleasure uh i'll see you in a couple of weeks i'll be home uh september uh september 17th to the 21st so sounds good to me uh, we gotta see each other then too all righty man all right all right hey brother take it easy uh always a pleasure and uh see you soon see you soon man bye later